lead to uh, uh, changes the battery on a car, and uh, all of my tools are uh, in storage. And so I uh, uh, was at a friend's house and uh, using uh, really hot. The really really good. The snare drum back there vibrating. So I had the change a battery on the car, and uh, it uh, was at a friend's house. And so I was using tools that uh, weren't my tools. Because my tools are all in storage, and we were kind of sorting through trying to find. Uh, tools, what we discovered was a uh, first we could find a very small uh, little metal wrench. And so, changing the battery, you know, there's it kind of sits down in this box, and there at the very bottom of the box is this uh, nut that you have to loosen to release the clamp so you can get the battery out. And so, we're trying to get this small wrench down in there around, around the nut. It wasn't working very well. And then uh, you have to uh, release the, uh, the battery posts, you know. So, you got a little metal wrench that's this long. And a nut on there, and it was just right at that point where so when you put it on the, the positive battery post, so put on the, and you could kind of wrench it down, and then it was at a perfect level to kind of arc across the little yeah. metal frame there. That was on the, and so uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about there. And so it was very ginger for a little while until my friend was able to uh, go into his toolbox, and he then brings out this socket with an extension. It was about this long, and was able to just drop it alongside the battery, and then just you know loosen that thing right <coughs> up, right? Piece of cake. It was went so much better when I had the right tool. It was so much easier when I had the right uh, tool. Here's some facts about these things. It was less frustrating when I had the right tool. Uh, it goes quicker when you have the right uh, tool. It fits the designer's purpose. You know, there's so many problems. There's so many problems and so many obstacles. And so many, you see these pictures that are up here, and some of you guys know exactly what those wrenches are for, and you've used them before, and some of those you look at and go, I'm not sure what that is and what do you use that for. But there's some kind of an issue. There's some kind of a problem. There's something that needs to be solved or resolved, and somebody said, well, I know how to make a, a tool that will make that just go easier. And it's the solution to some kind of difficulty that is there when you have the right tool. The tool was made because there was a special need for that tool. Here's the reality. Is that the same is true in life. The same thing can happen in our life when there can be difficult things that must be accomplished, but it requires the right set of skills. So this morning, I would like for us to uh, take a look attention to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, For we are God's masterpiece. Now quote the person next to you and say, I'm a masterpiece. Again, who, who doesn't know that, right? I mean, isn't that what you think every time you look in the mirror? Uh, one of the uh, sobering realities of the uh, COVID experience for me was uh, that we are video uh, video streaming and I'm kind of watching myself on video and I, I look at that and, and uh, uh, I don't know about the rest of you, but I have AIDS. <laughs> and uh, I'm uncomfortable with that, but the reality is, is that uh, I am a masterpiece. And so uh, I am a uh, piece of uh, art. I'm, uh, I'm sort of uh, maybe uh, processing and developing for, for we are God's masterpiece. He, uh, he, 
has created us anew in Christ Jesus. That so we can do good things he planned for us a long ago. So here's the whole verse. Don't think about this. And let's go backward through this. Apparently, God has some work to be done. There is a task to be accomplished. And so of those who have identified in Christ Jesus, God turns them into a masterpiece that is specifically, purposefully designed to do a work that he desires to accomplish through us. We are perfectly made to accomplish a specific task. You have a specific purpose in life, a special assignment from God that only you can accomplish. It's your God-given contribution to life. So uh, ask yourself, say to yourself, self, what will be my accomplishment? What will be my contribution to this life? What will be my accomplishment? What will be my contribution to this life? Because God has created us with a specific, unique set of skills to accomplish a specific task that he has for us. And so we move forward to it. Most people, when they are asked, uh, what is sort of the purpose or the, the accomplishment or, uh, of your life, generally we'll refer to kind of uh, our, our career. Uh, we'll kind of say, well, I did these things and you know, I built this empire or I, I you know, worked in this place and, and met those people and, and that's kind of who I am and kind of define that as a career. Uh, but God has something that he wants for us to do. And this is living at your purpose or living on purpose. That is, what does that mean? That means this. Your specific God-given contribution, your uniqueness designed by God to accomplish his work. And people often define themselves in many different ways. It's kind of these guardrails that we kind of have set up in our, in our world. And we try to stay in our own lane and do like a certain way so that um, and one of the things that we kind of use as a guardrail in our life is trends. We kind of pay attention to the trends. We want to maybe be politically correct and kind of follow uh, that path. And there are different trends. And, and if you don't think that you're uh, a follower of trends, you know that this is true. Uh, we could look at a uh, we could look at a yearbook, somebody's high school yearbook uh, from uh, the 70s, and we would notice everybody's hair looks exactly the same, right? And then you go and you look at somebody's yearbook from the 80s, and you go, everybody's hair looks exactly the same, right? And then you, these things kind of pop up. There was a day when nobody, you know, nobody knew what an UGG boot was, right? And then all of a sudden, you kind of went to school one day, and you looked around, like everybody's wearing UGG boots. Right? And then maybe the uh, boots are kind of phased out. Or maybe there's something new. And so we pay attention to trends. And so we kind of adjust our life and steer our path according uh, to the trends that are out there. And then it's one of the other things that uh, we kind of use that, that sort of guides and steers and, and designs and sort of our life is what other people are thinking. Um, and uh, what are others thinking? And uh, they're trying to win their approval. And uh, we compare ourselves to other people. And, kind of look and see what they have or what they're trying to do. And then we kind of ask ourselves, well, should I be doing that, moving in that direction? Or others who pay attention to that. But here's how we want to define our lives. And that's by truth. By truth. By truth. God has a way for us to live that brings fulfillment. 
your on purpose you, who you are versus what you do. So we want to live on purpose. What does that mean? Okay, great. That's what we want to do. Uh, what does it mean to live on purpose? Well, here's what that means. To know who you are, you have to know your shape. You have to know your shape. David knew and understood his shape, and he understood where he came from. He wrote this Psalm, chapter 139, verse 13 and 14. He says, For you, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full. Well, say it again. Say, I'm a masterpiece. And I have been designed by God to do specific work for the kingdom of God. That's who you are. God made us very special. You've seen this before. But this is... Uh, <laughs> The child's toy, right? And uh, I didn't realize this until Kay Ridgely told me this, um, that this was actually made by Tupperware. Yep. And so uh, some of you guys go, yeah, yeah, see, some of you guys, in your purpose in life is to let other people know what Tupperware products are. <laughs> My purpose in life is to not know what Tupperware products are. Uh, but you know how this toy works. Um, you have a little piece, and you know, it, it, you kind of search around, and, and you know where it doesn't fit. And you know how it doesn't fit it. But how many of us in life, uh, we kind of, why don't I fit here? Why don't I, it just doesn't seem to work here. And, and so you have to go around, and, and then you find the one. You find the one that's like, oh, that makes so much more sense. That goes that goes from where, uh, you know, it's that perfectly. Uh, there's, there's no uh, weird, peculiar angles. There's no uh, extra special navigation that needs to be done. It, it just makes sense that works because of the shape that God has a shape for us. We can know what our shape is, and there's an acronym, acronym uh, for shape. The S stands for know your spiritual gifts. What are your spiritual gifts? Uh, what am I gifted to do? Some of you are gifted at music, some of you are gifted at uh, mowing the lawn, and some of you are gifted at being very organizational, and how do you, sometimes you can just ask people, you can just kind of say, what are my gifts? Some of you are mechanical, some of you are very computer savvy, what are, what are your gifts, what are, what are your spiritual gifts, how do you interact with people when you use those things? And some of that comes from your heart, the H stands for heart. What passions do you have? Some of you have a passion for the poor. Some of you have a passion for the loss. Some of you have a passion for missions. I uh, think of uh, Jackie Hansen and what she does with Christmas Share. That's a, that comes from a passion that is within you to be able to accomplish something like that. That comes from the heart. The abilities. A stands for abilities. What do I naturally do better than others? Some of you are very mechanical. Some of you are not. Some of you can do mechanical things, and some of you shouldn't. You know? <laughs> and that's just true, right? It's just the way that God, I'm a masterpiece, and you're a masterpiece. 
And you know, if you've ever been to uh, a museum and you've looked at art, there are things that you go and you see and you go, I don't get it. And then there's other things that you see and you go, wow, wow. And maybe that came from the mind of one person, that came from the mind of another person, but that is the truth of people. It's the truth of people. Some people we, we don't get. It. There's other people we look at in awe. Sometimes we look at people in awe because they have a shape that we don't have. And we appreciate it. But some of those same people are looking back at us and like, how do you do that? How do you do that? I don't know what. We got maybe. We do that. And there's abilities that we have. P stands for personality. Personality. How has God wired me to navigate life? Some people are introverts and some people are extroverts. And we pay attention to those things to know how God has made us. And finally, the E stands for experience. What have you been exposed to? What has happened in your life? Some of, uh, some of us have traveled a very difficult path. And then we can relate to other people that have traveled. We can help them get down a very bumpy road. And all those things are God forming and pushing and molding the clay or chipping away what needs to be chipped away to accomplish the work that he has for us. The apostles knew that they had a shape. We can see when we study the apostles that, that they had a shape. And uh, uh, the apostle Paul in the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 20. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. And that was Paul. He's kind of looking around going, I've grown up as this uh, Jew, a Jewish kid, you know, this is a Jewish guy. Then he encounters Jesus, and Jesus changes him and turns him into who he's going to be. And then Paul just simply says, my mission in life is to go tell people that don't know that Jesus, and, and he, he wants to go. And so what's he do? And read the book of Acts, and he ends up in front of a bunch of Greeks, and he's kind of having a debate about them. I see you have all of these other gods. Let me tell you about the true God. And those weren't the Jewish people that he grew up around. Those were a whole different audience that he went to. In Galatians, Paul says this, Galatians 1, 13. For you have heard, for you have heard my previous way of life in Judaism. He says, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism but beyond many Jews in my own age, and I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my he was this extrovert. He was competitive. He was driven. That's, that's who Paul was. That was his shape. But many of us remember that Luke was a, a doctor. And we remember that, uh, <clears throat> remember that James was a fisherman. And remember that Matthew was a tax collector. They were just cut from a different cloth. They had a different shape. And they were all a masterpiece in their own way, but they had a unique way of going through life. And 
dealing with that communicate with this question. Are you living on purpose? Are you living on purpose? And uh, I want to read this to you. God has a best for us. We Christians need to live, uh, we need to live out what God has designed us to live out uniquely as individuals. Uniquely as individuals, as a masterpiece of God, we need to live out what God has created for us to live out. And not everybody lives out the same living out. Especially, especially for a church in transition. For a church in transition, we do well to do what we do well. And not jump lanes and, and not get in other areas, but we do well to, to just be who God wants us to be while we're church in transition. Do what we do and do it to the very best as a church in transition. Now, here are some symptoms for any one of us, not necessarily as a church in transition or an individual part of a church that's in transition, but in our daily, regular life, we're doing life apart, whether the church is in transition or not, here are symptoms, uh, <clears throat> symptoms that you are off purpose. Symptoms that you are off purpose. There is frustration in your mind. You're not sure why you do what you do. You're just going through the motions. And that's a very difficult place to be. But that can lead to a second frustration from being off purpose, and that is fatigue in your heart. Fatigue in your heart, that leads to emotional and physical and spiritual fatigue, tired of life or a job or just tired. Maybe you're fighting against the will of God and you know that this isn't the land that he wants me to be traveling in, but I just insist that I have to be in this land. And that can lead to fear in your life. You wonder if you have <clears throat> purpose or you wonder if life can be fulfilling. Sometimes I think every one of us, that we go through cycles in life where life gets a little bit more challenging, a little bit more difficult. And sometimes, uh, you know, the, the, kind of the cage gets kind of rattled and all the dust kind of uh, fills. And, and you have to do a little bit of life checking. You have to do a little bit of evaluation in life. And, and sometimes those things happen. But then when you settle back down into the way that life is going, are you... Do you feel like, yeah, I am doing things for the kingdom of God that I really believe they're, they're kind of in my lane or maybe beyond my ability. But I'm able to do things because I'm a masterpiece that God has put in this place to do this thing. Well, <clears throat> there's the symptoms that you are off purpose. There is also uh, how to tell that you are living on purpose or the symptoms of being on purpose. And that's simply this. Focus in your mind. You know you're on track. Now you know you're following the will of God. It just feels like you're right there in place. Uh, does Christ work his way and, and to the front of your mind? And, and you know that what you're doing is honoring God. 
and he, he's there on, on the journey with you. Like he's kind of driving, and you're in the passenger seat, and, and you're making your way along. It's like, this is where I'm supposed to go. It feels natural. It's, it's a fit. It's a fit right in. Good for Here's another one. Fulfillment. Fulfillment in your heart. As you have stopped comparing yourself to others, you have a clear conscience. And in your heart. You're not worried about uh, what that person is doing in ministry or that person's doing in ministry and, uh, you know, why is that happening over there? Why can't that happen to me? You're, you're like, no, I'm on task. God has given me a peace and a calm in my heart, and it's all going to be okay because those people that need to be working on that, they're working on that. And I just need to be over here and do my very best to accomplish what God has for me. And finally, there is a fulfillment. Or excuse me. There's a fruitfulness. It says it right there in this case. There's fruitfulness in my life. There's fruitfulness in my life. There is evidence that you are serving Christ. There's evidence. You can look around and you can talk to people that you know iron sharpens iron. We're good for each other. We help each other on this journey through life. You can look around and say, I remember where they were a while back, but I see the progress that they're making in their, in their faith. And we can look around and we can know. We can know. I'm in the right lane. I'm a masterpiece of God. He's putting me together. I am the right tool for this job that God wants to accomplish. And it seems to fit and it seems to flow. And, and, it, and we know when we're stepping. We know, we know when we go turn on the turn signal and we try to get in the other lane and we haul for it and you're kind of yanking yourself back into your lane and life goes better when we focus on who does God want me to be? What does he want me to accomplish? And we work our best to advance his will everywhere that we can. Here's the reality of that. We saw Paul's story. We read about Paul's story in the book of Acts. He was going in one complete, a total direction in his life until he encountered Jesus. And Jesus literally blinded him and turned him around and said, I want you to go and engage some of my people that are part of my household and my kingdom, and they're going to help you become who you are meant to be in me. And they tutored him and coached him and helped him. And then Paul just kind of took all of that and grabbed a hold of it. And he ran and he ran and he ran. That's true for anyone that doesn't know Jesus. If Jesus Christ is not in your life and a part of your life, what Jesus wants is for you to turn to him and embrace him and accept him. Put him into your heart and into your life. And then lean your life into him and he will give you a purpose and a direction. He will turn you into a masterpiece that you will know that you are accomplishing what he has for you. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I would like to encourage you to be baptized in Christ. Take him into your life. And to have your life changed. If you know Jesus and you've been in your life for a long time, do a little bit of life evaluation and say, am I on task? And what does God want me to accomplish for you? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for uh, the opportunity for us to meet together. Father, we do ask that uh, 
you'd watch over uh, this church, and watch over Countryside Church as they are in a time of transition. Father, we ask that you would bring right up to the forefront those people that need to accomplish your task. We ask that you would bless the churches, that you would send right people in front of them. Father, we ask that uh, even when we leave here today, we will be mindful of you as to how we might best serve you. And we ask all of this in the name of our Savior Jesus. Amen. Remember, it's going to be How in uh, Narthen? It was a